Hello, everyone. Welcome into Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys, joined by my co-host, Gage Bertovich. Gage, how are we doing this week? we got the conference championship coming up this Sunday. How are you doing? Doing good, Brent. Yeah, it's you know, very, very odd. We're getting down there with game-wise, the number of them. There's two this weekend, and heck, two on Sunday. We don't even have any on Saturday or Monday this this week. It's super weird, but they should be good games, so hopefully that makes up for it. Yeah, kind of bittersweet that there's only games on Sunday, and there's only two of them, and there's nothing on any other night this week for football, and it's like, ah, it's just a cold night in Buffalo now, officially. <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to do on Saturday now? Like, I have to actually go do something? What the heck? Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, this is not cool, <laughs> but yeah. We'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, uh, you know, last weekend we had a pretty good slate of games. You know, most of the games were close, aside from the one we was hoping, you know, wasn't going to be a blowout. Turned out to be a blowout. Very uh, upsetting. Yeah, the rest of the games were pretty close. But, uh, the you know, Baltimore coming in and just – pounding Houston and Houston's offense getting nothing going that whole game and Baltimore Baltimore's offense didn't look that great either but you know they got 34 points on them 24 in the second half Lamar ran for 100 yards he only threw for 152 yards but man that that defense is is amazing that defense is so good I mean I think like you said 24 points in the second half for Baltimore it was tied 10-10 at halftime. I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. You know, Texans still have a chance. And then I think they're still sitting in the locker room waiting to come out for the second half. Yeah, I think so, too. I thought I thought when they returned that punt in the second half to tie it at 10, I said, okay, momentum for Houston. And that was it. I mean, that was – they could muster up nothing else after that. And it was just uh, – Yeah, this We both – you know, we both predicted Baltimore, but we both were hoping that we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured either way it'd be a win-win for us, but it would have been an even bigger win if Baltimore lost. Yeah, it would have, and they just absolutely dominant, and they haven't skipped a beat, even though they had a couple of weeks off. Even though Lamar had 20 days off, didn't skip a beat. Nope. Uh, uh, disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, and then... The night game after that, the Green Bay Packers almost upset San Francisco. You almost called that one. I went with San Francisco, and they snuck out late with the win. But you called that your big upset last week, and you almost hit it. I thought it was going to happen. But at the end, with a minute left, McCaffrey runs that touchdown in, and San Francisco wins the game. But a missed field goal also hurt Green Bay, too. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, not only that, but the, the the Jordan Love throw to end the game, I don't know what he was doing. He's been playing good the, the back half of the season, played good all game there, and then he goes and throws the ball across his body, uh, what, like 25 yards, and that landed like 10 yards in front of his receiver and got intercepted. Yep. I'm like, yep. you, you had all that running lane. You still had, I think, two 
two timeouts. You had all three at that point. But you had the running lane. You could have took it. You could have threw it out of bounds. It wasn't desperation time yet. You only needed to get in field goal range. Although, with saying that, I hope uh, Carlson, their kicker, is still walking back from San Francisco because he does not deserve to come back to that team. That was disappointing. That was kind of a theme of the weekend with the kickers. But, uh, yeah, that last play at the end, like you said, that's just like Love just panicked pretty much and just – Throws it back across the field there, gets the interception. Like you said, he had timeouts left and like almost a minute to work with or whatever it was. It's like there's plenty of time, no need to get in a rush, no need to try to make force something to happen. And that's where your mistakes happen. And that's what happened there. And San Francisco survives and moves on to the NFC championship. Yeah, I was getting really excited with that one because I was like, all right. Jordan Love, he's got a, a minute or so left, a couple of timeouts, at least get in field goal range, send it to overtime with the overtime rules. It doesn't matter if the first team scores a touchdown or not. The second team gets the ball back. So it's like, all right, you have an opportunity. You could even go down and try and score a touchdown now and make my pick win. But no, we got to go out and throw a stupid pass. Yeah, and – you know, that would have been like two weeks in a row. They knock off the number two seed, they knock off the number one seed, and then they would have been in a divisional matchup with the team that they've already beat once this year. Who knows? The Packers could have been surprisingly in the Super Bowl if not for that, but instead they're back at Green Bay. I was going to ride with them the entire way, too, like I did the, the last half of the season. Not anymore. And then the Sunday games – a team that I didn't roll with very much at all this season, and for good reason. We could celebrate now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been eliminated. Yes. Although you picked them last week, I picked Detroit. Tampa Bay hung in there, played them pretty close. But Detroit is moving on to the NFC Championship to face San Francisco. Uh, Like I said, it was a pretty good game. Uh you know, Detroit kind of took over in the second half there. This game also was tied at 10 at the half. This game was something that was like Baker Mayfield showed flashes of why he has been on like four, six different teams, however many, in his short NFL career. And But it's also like the um, defensive player for Detroit, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I said last week he was talking all this trash talk, but it seemed like he wasn't watching any film. Then he goes and gets the pick off of Baker that really should not go to him, should get credited to the wide receiver because I think it was Mike Evans um, went off his hands right into Gardner Johnson's hands, and it's like, all right, well, I know how this game's going to turn out. Great. But (laughs) when it all comes down to it, we're happy Tampa Bay's gone. Yes, Tampa Bay is – Finally, like I said, eliminated, and Baker will not win a Super Bowl once again this season. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> and uh, the Detroit uh, kind of lovable losers are <laughs> playing for the NFC Championship, man. It's kind of crazy. A good team, though. I mean, it'll be a good matchup Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about it. But the finale of last weekend may – may have given Green Bay San Francisco a run for its money for best game of the weekend. Kansas City Chiefs defeat Buffalo Bills 27-24. Sorry, 
Tyler Bass fans out there. Yeah, I mean, you want to say that it gave Packers Niners, you know, a run for best game of the weekend. How about a run for worst kicker in the NFL between Tyler Bass and Anders Carlson? (laughs) He, wow, he he really messed that up. Man, and like, you know, they were showing like the snot, snot, Scott Norwood (laughs) kick from like back in the 90s. And it's the exact same kick, the exact same you know, way that it wide right, and it's like, oh, poor, poor Bills. And like I said, it's now it's just a cold night in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, but it's also crazy when you look at Tyler Bass and the way he has kicked this postseason. He, let's see, he missed, um, missed a kicks last week against Pittsburgh. He went 0 for 2, missed one, uh, one got blocked. So it's like, they basically had no kicker on their team. And, you know, Buffalo had like a minute something left with the ball. Mm-hmm. Why not just run your regular offense and try to score a touchdown? Don't leave it up to the foot of a kicker. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, uh, I don't get that either. Um, like I said uh, before. It's not something they would have had to worry about in overtime rules to where, oh, you know, first team scores a touchdown, you're done. So it's like I, I don't understand that. But then I also look at it like Josh Allen stat-wise, 26 of 39. That's pretty good pretty good stat-wise. But he only had 186 yards and one touchdown through the air. Yeah. Now on the ground, he added 12 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. But it seems like for whatever reason – Stefan Diggs has disappeared since like week five of the season. Yep. I don't know why. I don't know if he's going to be gone this offseason. I don't know what the problem is there, but people are blaming it, you know, all on Tyler Bass or, oh, Josh Allen missed a wide open throw here. Or, you know, he was off target here. But Stefan Diggs had eight targets and only caught three of them. Who's to blame here? Yeah, I think like next season, I believe Buffalo is like going to be running into some cap issues. So it would not surprise me if Stefan Diggs went somewhere else because something don't seem right there between those two. And it it kind of has been like that for like the last couple of years. It seems like they haven't really got along that well, and it, it's showing up on the field. Uh, Demar Hamlin. Uh, Heard his name quite a bit on Sunday. He made a couple of special teams uh, tackles and uh, ran the ball for a couple of yards. Yeah, too bad it was on a fake punt in fourth and four. That did not work out for them at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see him back out there. And, uh, you know, uh, we get another week of Taylor Swift coming up this week. And Jason Kelsey. Which, you know what, I don't mind that compared to having to deal with the Bills and Bills Mafia and their toxic fan base. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Bills uh, Bills Mafia, I mean, that's probably stings a little bit more because of what happened the previous week for you. But, yeah, the Bills Mafia is a, it's a little much. And, and then throwing snowballs and some <laughs> packed with ice, it's like, what are you guys doing? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not the best look there, but they're no longer there. They're with the Tampa Bay this weekend at the house. <laughs> they're all in Cancun. 
Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now we'll move on into our picks for the week. It's just two games. We'll start off with the AFC Championship. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to Baltimore to face the Baltimore Ravens. The spread on this is Baltimore by four. Gage, what do you think about the AFC Championship matchup? I know the both of us are going to have the same feelings on this. Of we don't want Baltimore to win. We don't want them to go to the Super Bowl. No. But I think they do have the better team overall. Yes, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is better than Lamar Jackson. Sure. But what else is there? Mahomes cannot run like Lamar, but he can throw a lot better. They have Rashi Rice. Cool. Travis Kelsey finally showed up for a game last week. And I five catches, I think, like 70-plus yards and two touchdowns. But the Ravens' defense is so much better than the Bills. They showed it last week when they held the Texans to uh, 10 points in the second half. Ravens, they got OBJ. You got Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews has a chance to return this week. But like I said last week, if he doesn't, Isaiah Likely has been doing phenomenal. Um, taking his spot. So unfortunately, I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one, and I am going to take the points. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, they are in the AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive season. Every year, Patrick Mahomes has been a starter. He's been in the AFC Championship game. But this is the first year that the Chiefs are the visiting team in this AFC Championship game. So it's the first time the Chiefs are the away team for the championship game. I don't think it matters if they played in Kansas City because I think that the Ravens are that much better than they are, especially on defense. They have a much better defensive unit than what the Bills did. Mahomes and the offense really haven't got a whole lot going. I mean, him and Kelsey kind of got things going a little bit last week. But I think Lamar is going to run over Kansas City. Josh Allen went for 72 yards against the Chiefs last week. And Lamar is much better runner than he is. I think they'll get that running game going this week. Although they do have Chris Jones on the Chiefs side, unfortunately, I think that Baltimore will work their way around that. And I think that Lamar will scramble around enough for them to win. I think that they win and they cover that spread. Give me Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl. And, ah, that's not going to be good. Maybe this will be like a Dalvin Cook takeover game, too. He just comes in for the first time and just goes like 200-plus yards and a couple touchdowns. Hey, hey you know, maybe so. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. So, uh, since we both picked the Ravens there, uh, last week I went 3-1, and one, you went 2-2, two and two, and you almost had the big, huge upset of the weekend. That, like, hurt my everything, watching football for the rest of the weekend. Because, like, after that game, Sunday came around, I'm like, oh, I really don't want to watch it today. I'm still in a bum mood after losing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so now we'll move on to the NFC Championship game. And the Detroit Lions travel to San Fran to face the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are a 7 point favorite 
Gage, what do you think about the NFC Championship game? I think this game's going to be better than the first game. Um, Niners, great team overall. Offense, defense, doesn't matter what. They are overall good all around. And the Lions, their offense is good, but if their offense doesn't go, like, fire right out of the gate, they're going to be in a world of hurt. Their defense is okay, but I don't think it's enough to stop Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, maybe Debo if he plays. Uh, I saw today he's nursing a shoulder injury, so he's questionable. I think he's going to play, though. Biggest game of his career, why wouldn't he? So, I mean, it's hard to tell. Will the Lions come firing right off the bat? Will the Niners defense be able to uh, stop them for a couple drives and let their offense go to work? Or will the Lions surprise everybody and be able to shut down the Niners? And, you know, offensive-wise, just blow them out of the water. I don't think that'll be the case. And, uh... I want the Lions to win so bad, but I don't think it's going to happen. Give me the 49ers. Give me the points. The Super Bowl will be a battle of the number one seeds. So, San Francisco came here last year. They were changing, and they ran out Josh Johnson to play quarterback because Brock Purdy could not throw the ball at all. Uh, he needed you know, Tommy John surgery or whatever he needed. And uh, San Francisco was the better team last year, I believe, than the Eagles. I mean, I mean, I guess it was close. I mean, Eagles played pretty good, whatever. But uh, San Francisco snuck by the other day and <laughs> barely defeated Green Bay. Green Bay's coming on was a pretty good team towards the end of the year in that same division with the Lions. But the Lions, like you said, their offense, if they come out firing, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, they're they're a gritty team. I know that's their little phrase is grit. Uh, they get it from Dan Campbell. Uh, but they're a fun team to watch, too. They look like they have fun out there. Uh, they play really well on offense. The defense is decent. It's not bad. Uh, but San Francisco's got a good defense as well. If Debo Samuel doesn't play Sunday, I could see the Lions winning this game because – Every time that Debo is out, I think San Francisco is lost. I'm not sure about that. I may have just say that. But when he went out the other night against Green Bay, Brock Purdy really struggled for the rest of that game. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but put two and two together there, it seems like that may be the case. With that being said, I'm going to go with the upset pick of the week Give me the Detroit Lions to upset San Francisco and to head to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Give me the Lions. Whoa. <laughs> not – wow. I, I'm at a loss of words. That not expected at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if I'm wrong on both of these games, I'm fine with it because Baltimore's out. <laughs> You know what? That's a very fair point. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if I go 0-2 next week, I will live with it, and I will be fine. <laughs> I'll be okay going 1-1 and and that one loss being the Ravens. Yeah. 
If, if as long as Baltimore's out, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care. I don't care if Patrick Mahomes wins a second Super Bowl in a row, his third in his career. A lot of people don't want to see it. I would rather see that than Lamar hosting at the end of the season. <laughs> I would rather see Patrick Mahomes win ten Super Bowls in a row with the Chiefs than see any other team. No offense, from the AFC North win one in that span. <laughs> I I am. In agreement with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> you said any other team in AFC North. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we play each other twice a year. You don't want to keep hearing, oh, you know, they're going against the, the defending Super Bowl champs twice yeah. a year. Yeah. It's like, ah. If, you, you know, if it's another team in another division, it's just one time, you know. Maybe if that. Maybe if that. Sometimes you won't even see that team the next season. But, uh, man, this is, you know, after this, it's, you know, Super Bowl and, you know, that's it. I mean, you got the Pro Bowl games if anybody's interested in that stuff. I mean, the Pro Bowl is the best time of the year. (laughs) Oh, man, the flag football game is one of the most competitive ones. I I prefer watching the skill showdown. Rather than the actual game itself, that's like some, yeah. Some of the things that they do, it's like, wow, okay, cool. Yes, the skill showdown. Yes, I agree with you on that. That is the best part of Pro Bowl games, but the uh, uh, flag football. Like certain the flag football game. I forget if it was last year, two years ago. My time frame could be completely off. This could have been a couple years ago, when I believe it was Tyreek Hill went to score the touchdown and got like body checked out of bounds by um, someone on, I forget who it was, but some safety might have been Jalen Ramsey. And they're like, oops, sorry, I forgot completely what we were playing. <laughs> like, if that happens, okay, cool. Then that makes it entertaining. But if that doesn't happen, and it's like, oh, well, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, that's that's all the football we have left after this week, and it's you know, it's it's sad. until until the UFL comes around, and then we got spring football. Which you know what, football is football. <laughs> Ball is football. As long as it's not the Canadian Football League, I'm okay with it. They have some weird rules. I wish they would bring back arena football. That... I never really, I never really watched a lot of it, but I've heard like a lot of fun things about it and i've seen some clips on like youtube and stuff i'm like oh yeah give me like josh gordon in the arena football league absolutely he'll torch everybody you know half the field twice the fun you know (laughs) the arena football league right there and and josh gordon man what a name from the past That, that guy i think he just got busted again for marijuana did he oh my god i haven't i haven't seen so i don't I don't know if he has or not, but I mean, I'm just assuming because it seems like every time his name was in the news, it was for that. <laughs> the only guy that I know that can get suspended indefinitely, like four different times from the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's like, okay, the Browns, uh, they're bringing back Josh Gordon. Oh, wait, hold on a second. He uh, failed a test. Uh, they're going to suspend it indefinitely. Oh, the Seahawks, uh, they're signing Josh Gordon. Oh, he couldn't pass. <laughs> the uh, drug test. Uh, he's suspended indefinitely. Oh, the Patriots—they're bringing in Josh Gordon. 
Oh, God, yeah. I forgot they brought him in. Yeah, they, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they had a drug screening and, uh, He's on the commissioner's exempt list. It's suspended indefinitely. Oh, oh man, this video. Guy. You guys want to bring him in? Nope, sorry, can't. He's suspended again. Yeah. Oh man, what a what a talent right there. Had all the talents of the world and just threw it all away. Okay, just threw it all away. Weed, man. <laughs> but while we're on like the the topic of other football leagues. The Canadian Football League that I mentioned a little bit ago. Do you know of like their weird punt rule kind of thing that offensive players can do? No, I'm not. I'm not really watched a whole lot of that, but uh, no. I've I've seen it on like TikTok and stuff. I know I'm gonna get like some part of it wrong, but for the most part, it's like you if you're on like third down and long. The quarterback can throw it to a receiver, and as long as they're behind the line of scrimmage, they can kick the ball past the line of scrimmage, recover it themselves, and it's a new set of downs. Really? It's so weird, but I guess it then, like, you try to prevent the defense from from playing, like, prevent defense or whatever. So it's a good rule. But it's weird in a way as well. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that NFL would ever adopt anything like that. But God, I hope be, it, it would be interesting, you know, to see it like that. Well, it's like every time, like if your team gets into like a, a third and 20 plus situation, you're always like, oh, they're going to run it. Well, okay, mm-hmm. we're down. Might as well just punt it now. Whereas here it's like, okay, well, you have third and long. The defense has a decision to make. They could either play up close, so that's why you can't do that, and they try to make you run deep, or they can play off, and you do that, you get a new set of downs. So it adds an interesting quirk, but I don't know how much of a fan I really am of it. You know, it's it's kind of funny, you know, all these different – the different leagues have their different little rules and stuff, and, you know, the UFL, they're going to have different set of rules too. Uh, but – on like NBA basketball, I, I was watching like a G League game just one afternoon. It was on one of these channels. I said, like, "There's nothing else on." Watch a little of this G League. Well, it gets like under two minutes in the fourth quarter, and the guy gets fouled. Two shots. You know, it's what I'm thinking. He shoots the free throw. He makes it, and it's two points. And they do that under two minutes of every G League game in the fourth quarter, like. You either make it and you get two points or you miss it and you get none. And that's it. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Can we go back to normal rules? <laughs> Why are we changing things up like this? It's weird. <laughs> that's an interesting rule. That's for sure. <laughs> I think it's trying to like speed up the game towards the end, you know, because they get to the foul situations and like a game gets extended so much in the last two minutes of the game. That, you know, if they get into a fouling situation, it, you know, it uh, shortens the game a little bit. Well, it's like, I don't understand why the past, like, five years, we'll say, all these new leagues have come and have adopted their own rules and stuff. And it's like, okay, you're changing the game little by little that eventually it seems like it's going to, like, take over for the most part. Like, even when you look at, like, 
Major League Baseball and the mm-hmm. pitch clock. They just shortened the pitch clock again like a month yep. ago. It got passed. It's like yep. fans go to the games for the experience, yes. Some don't want to sit there for five hours, sure. But I guarantee you they don't want to sit there for only two hours as well and watch yep. a nine-inning baseball game. So it's like, why, why can't we just have things the way that they were? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, the, the pitch clock and shortening the baseball games is great if you're at the house watching it. But if you're at the stadium, like you said, you want that experience. You're there. You want to get your money's worth there. And it's, I was like, I always root for extra innings when I go in person because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting my money's worth and some here, you know. Uh, it's like we just went um, – not just, but like back in September, late August, early September, we went to a Pirates game. And it was like, you blinked, and we were in the third inning already. Now, that could be just because the Pirates are that bad. But it could also be because of the shortening of the game. And it's like, gosh, it feels like we just started. Yeah, and uh, like you know, like I said, if, if it goes into extra innings, an extra inning game now is just, you know, the same length that a regular nine-inning game was, you know, two years ago. It's shortened it that much with the pitch clock. But it seems like every time I go to a game in person, extra innings game, it's usually the Cardinals, and they usually win. And I, I don't like the Cardinals. I can't stand the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the extra innings, too, with the ghost runner. Or that is the a ghost uh, runner, but the, the starting runner on second. Yeah. It's like you, you get one lucky hit, and chances are they're scoring. Yeah. It's like, well, why? Well, in that case, let's just start every inning with someone on second base and call it even. Yeah, and and you know, I got they done it the COVID year or whatever, because you know, to make things interesting for the sixty game season or whatever, that's fine. After that season's over, let's get go back to the regular rules. We don't need a ghost run around on second base to start the tenth inning. Let's just. How about they earn that spot before they get up there? You're going to tell me this guy struck out last last inning and he gets to go stand on second base to begin the next inning? Come on. <laughs> Not like, a fan of it. Well, they struck out on three pitches looking, but hey, you can go stand on second and possibly score a run and have that counted towards your stats. Good job. Yeah. You may get the winning run of the game, too, after standing there looking at three straight pitches right on the middle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, some of these rules, man, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, the NFL, I'm sure they're going to change some rules in this offseason. And I don't know. I, I think they need to look at their uh, concussion protocol thing again. I don't know, man. Some of these guys taking some hits and they're cleared right after it, uh, like uh, Stafford in that one game. Oh, yeah. His eyes were in the back of his head and he's out there the next play. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Something ain't right here. But also on top of that, I think they need to start holding the refs accountable. Yes. We, we have seen this season a lot of bad calls. And it's like, yep. you know, the, the players go after the game. If they go and criticize the ref, what happens? They get a, a $50,000 fine or something. Yep. But they don't say anything. They don't get fined. And nothing happens to the refs no matter what. These nope. guys – they could get together, form a pack, and be like, you know what? 
we don't want the Baltimore Ravens to win this week. We're going to call everything against them, and nothing's going to be done. Maybe they'll right. get fired, but they're still going to collect a game check. Mm-hmm. Which I would be fine with if they'd done that for the Ravens this Sunday. But in general, yes, it's <laughs> and it's like if they – like the players and the coaches and everybody like that, they have to have press conferences afterwards, and they get questioned about the referees, and they answer the question. Like you said, it's a fine. The referees, when they're done with the game, they go to the locker room, they get in the vehicle, they head to the airport, and they head on down to the next game or back to the house, whatever. They don't have to do any kind of interviews with anybody. They don't have to stand in front of the press and answer, hey, how come you called a you know intentional grounding on this play when uh, the quarterback was still in the tackle box, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't have to do any of that. They go right back to the house like nothing ever happened and – they get to keep their money and don't have to be held responsible for any of it. So, yeah, I think accountability should, you know, they should have to have accountability for their actions during these games for sure. I think it's funny as well. Like you mentioned the, the players and the coaches got to go do the press conference afterwards. Chances are they're still heated, especially if they lost. <laughs> And then the media member goes and asks, oh, why do you think the ref did this? Or what do you think about that call? They're mm-hmm. baiting you at that point to say something. Yep. They want it for their own news, and they don't care about you and if you get fined. And that, I think, is a little ridiculous. Yep, it is. It really is. And and like you said, that the referees, they just don't – they don't have to worry about any of that stuff right there. And – the heat of the battle 10 minutes after the game and you know you're still mad about you know how the game ended and you're being questioned about that of course you're going to let fly whatever you feel like and then you're going to it's it's ridiculous i think this off season our podcast episodes need to consist of rule changes for the nfl and what they need to do yeah you uh (laughs) changes you know i mean uh (laughs) Maybe we should go back to the old XFL kickoff style, the original XFL. Do you remember that or heard about that? I've heard about it. I don't know, like, what benefits it added, but I'll take anything over what we have right now. It it, it added none, and it was probably more dangerous than the kickoff is right now. (laughs) They set the ball at the 50-yard line. They had a guy from each team run, and the first one to the ball got the ball for the game. And like the second game or like the second game or whatever it was, they done that. And the dude tore his ACL going after the ball. And it's like, this is a disaster. We should have just kicked the ball off. Well, I mean, as an extra level of entertainment, I guess, but definitely an extra level of injury. The original XFL, that's all it was wanting to be, was entertainment. It was the WWF, you know, trying to get into football and be entertaining. It was not really about the football. But when they came back this last time, I mean, they actually made an attempt to become a legit league. And it wasn't bad, you know, this last go around. Mm-hmm. But the first go around, you know, it's like, is this scripted? You know, <laughs> or, or, you know, uh, is this real football or is this just for, you know, entertainment purposes here? I, 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 I wouldn't mind, like, if the NFL adopted the the XFL onside, quote, onside kick rules with, like, you have to convert a fourth and 15 or whatever to get the ball back. 
because it's yeah. definitely more possible than doing an onside kick the way they have it set up now. I like that. I like that rule a lot better as well, like you said, because it doesn't – the onside kick, you know, how many times does the onside kick really work? Like what's the percent of that, like 3 or 4%? Probably less than that. Yeah, I mean – When's the last, was there an onside kick recovered in the NFL this season? I don't remember one. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't remember one happening this season. Um, I, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, this article that I found was from December 22nd of 2023 from Saints Wire website, USA Today. And it says, at that time, teams were one for 31. Wow, one for thirty-one one success in thirty-one attempts. So it, you know, it's pretty much. And was that, um, was that the Dolphins? Uh, Saints. Okay, yeah. So yeah, the Saints. They tried an onside kick, and at the time, teams were one for thirty. They became unsuccessful at that kick, making teams one for thirty-one, and the only team out of all teams that had the successful kick this year for onside wise was the Arizona Cardinals with Matt Prater. Oh wow. Now now when you first said it was one for thirty one, I automatically assumed it was the Titans when they had that big comeback against the Dolphins, but I guess that wasn't the case. Nope. Now like I said, that was I don't know exactly when their game was played, but that was December 22nd, I believe. So I think it was before that, but maybe not. I could be wrong. Maybe, because that game was late December for sure. Uh, so it might have been after that. Well, either way, there have either been one or two <laughs> successful <laughs> onside kicks out of 30 plus this year. Compared to last year, um, I believe, uh, let's see, I'm looking here. It looks like there were nine successful onside kicks. Wow. So it's gotten worse. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, how can you possibly go and make it worse when the onside kick is an important part if a team's trying to make a comeback? Or if you just want to do something surprising and catch the team off guard. Yeah, I mean, you think that they would want it to be more competitive and give a team a chance, and that fourth and 15 conversion, you know, would happen a lot more likely than the onside kick for sure. Mm -hmm. Especially some of the receivers you got in the league that are super fast, like Tyreek, you, you can mm -hmm. expect it to happen a lot. Oh, yeah, as long as he's healthy, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> and as long as Tua can get the ball to him. As long as he's healthy and two and get the ball to him, and that sometimes is a struggle. <laughs> For sure. I feel like this is something we're going to have to take a, a deeper dive into this this offseason. Rule changes and potential rule changes, and what we would like to see is rule changes, yeah. Sure, man. Yeah. Well, uh, that uh, that's our – conference championship preview and a uh, little rule change talk here, but uh, that's uh, next week, man. It's, it's pro bowl time. Ooh, yay. <laughs> Woo. 
And then uh, it, the flag football game. Yeah, and then after that, it's it's the big Super Bowl. Now that and, I can get behind. Woo! As long as it's not Baltimore winning. And you know, if it if it happens to be, you know, if Kansas City somehow wins and Detroit somehow wins, uh, I read somewhere somebody said if they don't change it to Taylor Swift and Eminem at the halftime show, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Kansas City's biggest fan right now, Detroit's biggest fan right now. Just have them do the halftime show. What I mean, what a wonderful idea. Could you imagine if, like, when they announced the the Super Bowl halftime performer, originally it was Taylor Swift, and then it's like, oh, no, she actually can't perform. She's got to go watch her husband play uh, the game up in the suite, so we got to find someone else. Oh, man, the Swifties would <laughs> – like, I don't know. They would go insane if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're already a crazy bunch as is, and you take Tay-Tay away from them. Whoa. <laughs> the, the TVs are going to get smashed. Yeah. Yeah. It may, you know, smash no telling what in that stadium, <laughs> you know, in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, Man, but uh, yeah, like I said, next week, you know, it's it's Pro Bowl time, and we'll know at least who's in the Super Bowl, and you know, two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl and get ready for the biggest night of the NFL season. Cannot wait. Well, man, you have a good one, and we'll see you next time. All righty, see you later. Yay!